global crisis. Bible prophecy. Health and preparedness. You're just in time. 11th Hour Dispatch. Father in heaven, we come before you now as weak and fallen mortals in need of your grace, in need of your Holy Spirit. As we gather together in this church in Orlando, Florida, seeking your will, and as these very thoughts and insights from your throne go across the radio airwaves, we just pray for clarity of thought, for a renewed mind, for a new heart and a right spirit. And Father, we just ask for your blessing on this time right now as we take a look at this important topic of media and the worldly media that are thrown at us in these last days. We pray that you would set aside everybody's opinion, mine included, to set aside all of our preferences that we might only hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to begin with a scripture, scripture that's very important to me as a teacher. I've been a teacher for 11 years, and The Bible admonishes us in Colossians 2, verse 8, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy. So, my friends, true or false, there are people out there inspired by the enemy who are seeking to take us captive. Yes or no? Yes, because this scripture warns us against that. Is there any way, guys, that you could turn the lights down on the screen so that my green pointer might be able to show up better on that? And for those listening on the airwaves, this is a double simulcast, if you want to call it that, live seminar and doing the 11th hour dispatch radio show at the same time. And the reason I share this scripture right now, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, is because we live in a time where verifiably, objectively speaking, we are in the last days. We are at a time where all of the signs of the times are increasingly and more intensely being fulfilled right before our very eyes. I mean, you read the news headlines and you go, I feel like I've read this somewhere before, in the Bible perhaps. Maybe I've read this in Revelation 13. And so there is a, right now is as important a time as ever for us to be sure that we are, as it says in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5, taking every thought captive and making it obedient to Jesus Christ. Amen? Are we taking our thoughts captive to Jesus Christ or are we being deceived through hollow and deceptive philosophy? That's what this whole evening is going to be about. And I have to say, just this week, as I was glancing at the news, we've been on the road a bit as a family, and so I haven't had as much time to go deeply into the latest developments in our world. But I'll tell you, from a social science standpoint, that was my background. I taught history. I taught political science. I taught economics before the Lord called me into this traveling and speaking ministry. And I taught Bible also for the last couple of years of my teaching career. From the standpoint of these social sciences, if you will, history and so on, when you look at, for example, just this week, what happened in the stock markets of the world, I hope you don't obsess over and spend too much time digging into the news and getting all excited about things, but it is a signpost to me. It is an indicator, a signal that not all is right. If you aren't aware, by the way, 
the first week of the year witnessed the, 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 the biggest drop in the U.S. stock market in history, in the history of the first week of the year. Did that make sense? It was the worst opening week ever in the stock market. So we're looking at a time where there, there are warnings coming out from high levels of authority, from economic analysts, from government officials saying, watch out, big things are coming. Not just economically, we hear of wars and rumors of wars. We hear of lots of big things just happened last year between the, the, the Syrian civil war with Russia becoming involved in that, and the United States and Russia having words, and it's just like, whoa, we are, every sign seems to be increasing. Do you hear about more natural disasters in the news? I was just speaking about this with Avon Park, about how every decade we have seen an increase in the number of large earthquakes since the 1970s. So we're at a time where it's like birth pangs, right? The signs of the times are becoming increasingly intense and increasingly frequent or rapidly happening close together. So now is the time to ask ourselves about our media. And that's what the next day is going to be about at this church in the next few minutes as we delve into this. I want to begin introducing you to one of my favorite historical figures. Now, when I used to teach U.S. history, I taught in public schools and Christian schools and Adventist schools and charter schools, rural, urban, suburban, you name it. I, I, I had an opportunity to hop around a bit. And everywhere I went, I wanted my students to be aware of how the media of this world are seeking to take their thoughts captive instead of Jesus taking our thoughts captive. I wanted the young people and, and all of us people to know the devices, the methods that are being used to manipulate our minds and take our minds through hollow and deceptive philosophy. Here's the guy that founded the entire movement in America and the West, which has gone global. And the movement I, I would refer to as modern propaganda or public relations, the whole advertising industry, using Hollywood, using entertainment to manipulate the minds of the people. Don't take it from me, though. Listen to Edward Bernays' own words. He said, if we understand the mechanism and motives of the group mind, is it not possible to control and regiment the masses according to our will without their knowing about it? Did you hear what he just said? He said back in the 1920s, if we can understand the group mind we can control their mind, and they won't even know we're controlling their minds. Amazing statement. He went on and said, the conscious and intelligent manipulation of the organized habits and opinions of the masses is an important element in democratic society. Those who manipulate this unseen mechanism of society constitute an invisible government which is the true ruling power of our country. Now, I want to pause the slide right there. What he just said is, in a democratic society, in a free society, the only way that you can control the people is through invisible governance of them. You can't have authoritarian structures of a dictatorial state to control the people. In a democratic society, you need to have what he called the conscious and intelligent manipulation of the organized habits and opinions of the masses. So they're consciously and intelligently manipulating our thoughts. Reading on with the quote, We are governed, our minds molded, our tastes formed, our ideas suggested largely by men we have never heard of. Now, that's a strong statement for somebody to make that we can have this level of control over people's thoughts. 
I'll tell you something, though. He said that almost 100 years ago, and I'm looking at the multi-billion dollar, high-tech, 21st century propaganda system that's in place today. How much more can they do what he just said there today than they used to be able to? In fact, one of the favorite methods of this system of control, if you will, within the mainstream media was referred to in 1884 in a publication called Signs of the Times. Let me read this statement to you. It says, through the channel of mesmerism, Satan comes more directly to the people of this generation and works with that power, which is to characterize his efforts near the close of probation. Now, near the close of probation, I'll just give you a a clue on that, a hint on that. That is right now. It's right near the end of time. So this is a predictive statement saying, near the close of time, Satan will use, what word was it here? Mesmerism. That would be commonly known as hypnotism. Now, when I first read this statement, I believe this to be a credible source, and I'm looking at this saying, okay, I don't actually know very many people at all that go to a hypnotist. So how is this true, that in the last days, Satan will use hypnotic methods to mesmerize and enter into the people's minds. How? Because it's not normal ways of going to a hypnotist. Most people don't ever step foot into a hypnotist's office. Well, I looked into how hypnosis takes place today by Dr. Stephen Freitag here in his text on this. He wrote, light and sound do the work for deep relaxation in a fraction of time of traditional methods. So the traditional methods, they'd get out the watch and swing it look into my eyes, right? And then people would become hypnotized by the watch. He's saying, yeah, traditional methods, we can do it in a fraction of a time now that we used to be able to. How do we get people into a deep hypnotic state? Light and sound. He goes on and says, it's frequencies of visual input that put the brain into that hypnotic state. Now, I wonder if the frequency of flashing light that a television produces might have that hypnotic effect upon the brain. I remembered reading and studying this in my secular pursuits of how societies are manipulated and controlled, and how much more do I need to be concerned about this as a Christian who believes that this is the temple of God, that this mind is where the seal of God is being placed, that that, that God wants us to have our thoughts taken captive by him, not by the, the rulers of this world. So, Is television a hypnotic device? I first have to explain to you the brainwave frequencies of your brain, okay? Right now, as you're listening to the sound of my voice, you are in what's called a beta wave frequency. That means it's a high-frequency thinking brain. Your moral filter is up. You are engaged. You are thinking through what it is that I'm sharing with you right now. Beta waves are good brainwaves to be in while, you're, while information is coming your way, while worldviews are coming your way. Now, there's another state, though, while you're awake, as you're, as you're getting into sort of a new age, meditative, highly suggestible, dreamy, hypnotic state. The alpha waves take over, and you go into this, the moral filter has come down, and you're highly suggestible. Information, ideas, impressions can be synced right into your subconscious without you knowing about it. Kind of sounds like what Edward Bernays said, right? We can control their minds without them knowing about it so that people won't ever say, well, I want to break free from this. I'm being controlled. No, they don't know they're being controlled, which is why they never seek to to find freedom from it. 
Well, is television doing this? The question was posed. This is from Wes Moore in the Journal of Cognitive Liberties. He says, psychophysiologist Thomas Mulholland found that after just 30 seconds of watching television, the brain begins to produce alpha waves, which indicates torpid, almost comatose rates of activity. Alpha brainwaves are associated with unfocused, overly receptive states of consciousness. I should note that the goal of hypnotists is to induce slow brainwave states. Alpha waves are present during the light hypnotic state used by hypnotherapists for suggestion therapy. Viewers automatically enter a trance state while watching television. Now, I was sharing this at a public event at a library a while back where they had invited me to share this with the public. And the news media came and did an interview and did a piece on it to promote it. Well, the gentleman with the, the local news outlet heard me share this and he goes, that's totally verifiably historically accurate and known. He says, in my media theory class, we learned about this in our communications undergrad program. I never went through a communications program, so that surprised me that they're that open. So what we're dealing with here is a deliberate effort to enter into the subconscious minds of the unsuspecting viewers of television, the flash of the television, every three seconds on average. I'll explain that a little bit more deeply in a moment, but it does sub subject us to a hypnotic state. To financially support this broadcast, visit 11thHourDispatch.com or write to us at 11333 Bacchus Road, Lakeview, Michigan, 48850. Kids in America now log 53 hours of screen time per week. Yes, that's about eight hours per day. In Europe, it's literally against the law to air television programs on the public airwaves that are aimed at children under three years old. But America's littlest children now spend, on average, 32 hours per week watching TV. It's been estimated that the average child will spend more time watching TV by the age of six than conversing with his father in his entire life. At every church I speak at, folks say the same thing. Scott, why didn't anybody tell us this before? So, folks, grab a pencil and write this down. Media on the Brain. It's a six-DVD series that will arm you with the vital information on the undeniable effects of entertainment media and how to break free. Visit 11thHourDispatch.com. Use promo code RADIO for a reduced suggested donation rate. George Washington once stated... The acceptance of and continuance hitherto in the office to which your suffrages have twice called me have been a uniform sacrifice of inclination to the opinion of duty and to a deference for what appeared to be your desire. I constantly hoped that it would have been much earlier in my power, consistently with motives which I was not at liberty to disregard. I have to stop reading right there. Come again? President Washington, what did he just say? Did you know that in the 1880s, children were reading this in grade five in their reading class? Repeat after me. We've been dumbed down. It's time to wake up, to come apart and be separate, saith the Lord. The DVD series is called Schooled, the deliberate agenda to reduce individuality, destroy intelligence, and re-engineer society. In Schooled, you'll hear it straight from the mouths of the founders of modern schooling themselves. They're quite proud of it. Visit 11thHourDispatch.com and use promo code RADIO for a reduced suggested donation rate. 
merciful, merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and friend, who would have thought that a lamb could rescue the souls of men? Oh, you rescue the souls of men. I want to explain a little bit more how the hypnotic state takes place by the flashing. I, I was referring to a moment ago, the flashing light of the television. Well, what do you mean the flashing light of the television? Have you ever watched somebody watch TV? That's entertaining, by the way. If you want some entertainment, watch somebody watch TV and you'll see that look on their face where they're totally zoned out, totally hypnotized, right? And watch, though, the wall behind them. In a dark room, you'll notice the walls of the whole room, or if you're driving down the road at night and you see you know, the, the, the blue glow coming through the, the curtains of the living rooms of America as everybody has left their Bibles aside and they're sitting before the family altar, as it was called by Anton LaVey, the founder of the Church of Satan. That's what he called the television, the family altar. And they're, they're sitting before this, and what's happening in the room? It's going flash, flash. Flash. Every three seconds on average, there is a frame of reference change in the film. And due to some other things we're going to talk about tomorrow morning at the church here, it's causing a change in brain activity. It's the flash and some other things I'll mention later. But basically, when that flash happens every three seconds, or during commercials, it happens even faster. Have you ever seen how fast the change is during commercials? It's boom, 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 flashing a new image at you constantly. The brain doesn't know what to do with that. The brain just goes, uh, I, we don't know how to handle this. This is not how reality works. And so the brain just shuts down into alpha. So the, the world doesn't come at you like that, but the television is designed that way. Now, by the way, I should say, not necessarily every single person in media productions are deliberately trying to influence people's thoughts with their hypnotic devices. There are many unsuspecting people in the media who aren't even aware of this, but there is a deliberate agenda nonetheless. As Bertrand, as Edward Bernays said when he said, we are the ones who hold the wires which control the public mind. And he said, you are governed. Your minds are molded. Your tastes are formed. Your ideas are suggested largely by men we have never heard of. And it's just as true today as ever before. Let me share some other information with you. Actually, before I share with you some more modern examples of this, I, have to, I don't have time to show this clip, but this is an eight-minute clip that's on the full Media on the Brain DVD set. It's on disc two. And by the way, after sundown tomorrow, we'll have the DVDs available. For, so everything that I'm not getting to during the session today and tomorrow will be on that. But this is a professional hypnotist, okay? His name is Mark J. Ryan, and he comes out with this YouTube video saying, I watched the best movie I've ever seen before. It, it's, it's my favorite movie ever, and it's called Inception. And this movie was such a good movie, he says, because it did a really good job of hypnotizing people. Now, when I heard that, uh, come again, let me listen on, because he knows hypnosis. He's a professional at it. He knows it when he sees it, and he says, they used hundreds of methods of hypnosis in this film to get people into a subconscious state, to get information into their, into their subconscious mind through subliminal programming, programming and neuro-linguistic programming, using music just the right way, to, and, and of course the flashing and other, he says, hundreds of methods. Now, why do I share with you Mark J. Ryan's testimony? He says something that absolutely floored me. In this clip, he explains 
that, first of all, he doesn't even watch television. Not from a religious convictions. He's a spiritualist, right? If you're into hypnosis, that's, that's spiritualism. And I, me and my friends dabbled in that in high school. It's not fun. It's not, it's not cute. It's not neat. It, don't inquire about it. It is absolutely demonic. We've seen it, literally, firsthand. I won't get into all the horror stories, but the bottom line is don't mess with it, okay? So anyway, he says, as, as somebody who's not coming at this from a moral angle at all, he says, I don't even watch television because I'm aware of what it does even to me. It affects me, he says, and I'm fully aware of all the techniques, and it still gets in there, he said. But then the most important thing he says in the clip is all Hollywood studios are doing the same thing that this movie Inception did. All Hollywood studios are deliberately and intentionally hypnotizing the viewers. He thinks it's a good thing because he says it's healing your, your, your inner child and all of this mumbo-jumbo, but... Then he goes on and says, not all of it is good. Some of it is nefarious as well. So he really blew the whistle on that while he was trying to praise it. He said, actually, I don't even watch TV, and a lot of this is pretty nefarious. So let us be warned. The rocks are crying out. Now, sharing with you now from another historical figure named Bertrand Russell, he said the following half a century ago about what had developed since the time of Edward Bernays. He says, perhaps the most important of all all the modern agents of propaganda is the cinema, leading to almost worldwide uniformity. Our scripture reference that we're going to use tomorrow is Romans 12, verse 2. Be not conformed to this world. He's saying the cinema, or today I would add the music industry, is leading to almost worldwide uniformity. The great majority of young people in almost all civilized countries derive their ideas of love, of honor, of the way to make money, and of the importance of good clothes from the evenings spent in seeing what Hollywood thinks good for them. I doubt whether all the churches and schools combined have as much influence as the cinema on the opinions of the young. The producers of Hollywood are the high priests of a new religion. Now, if he said that, Half a century ago, how much more today? By the way, he went on also and said, the result of this is that any defects in the status quo become known only to those who are willing to spend their leisure time otherwise than in amusement. These are, of course, a small minority and are at most times negligible. So in other words, some people will escape this system and think for themselves. They will be the kinds of people who are not captured by this because they are not exposing themselves to it. But he says they're negligible. They don't matter. We've got control over society. There is, however, certain instability about the system. In the event of unsuccessful war, it might break down. And the population which had grown accustomed to amusements might be driven by boredom into serious thought. Oh, no. That's the great fear of the social engineers that stand atop the societal pyramid doing what we were warned in Colossians we should not allow them to do to us. The greatest threat and fear that they have is that people will think for themselves because you know what then? Then we will not take the mark of the beast. We will say, you judge for yourselves whether it is right that we obey God rather than men. Because we're all going to face a crisis. Every person sitting in this room, every person listening to the radio broadcast is going to face a decision in their lives in the near future about whether to side with Christ or with the beast power. 
And that will be a system of absolute confusion, deception, manipulation. Everything I'm talking to you about right now is going to play right into that. This is why the system of control is sought, so that the whole world will wonder after the beast. Instead of us being faithful to Christ, even if it makes us set apart, even if it makes us peculiar, even if people say, you're singular, why are you going that direction? Because that's the direction my Savior is taking me. I can go no other. Remember those reformers that said that they would go to the stake and burn alive to death if if God called them to, and they did it. Martin Luther famously said, when they told him, recant, recant, take back what you've said, he said, you show me from the Bible my error, and until you do that, here I stand. I can do no other. He says, it's, it's not safe to violate conscience. And he said, God help me. And he closed his, his monologue before the diet in Germany 500 years ago. Amazing. And that stuff's going to be repeated, but more intense, more subtle, more crafty, as we see here. Continuing on with some, I want to share with you the high priests of the new religion, as Bertrand Russell called them. Today's high priests of a new religion, admit it, they're very open about this. Paul Schrader said, he's a screenwriter, he said, we are there to thumb our nose at your values. We don't care if you like us, we don't like you. People think that Hollywood has principles, morals, and values. It doesn't. So he's admitting it. He's open about it. And don't get mad at him. I don't think we need to wage some sort of culture war against Hollywood and let's shut down Hollywood and censor it. No, I can shut down Hollywood. You can shut down Hollywood in your own life right now, can't you? You don't have to watch their material. You don't have to expose yourself to it, to their systems of thought control. But they do admit They're thumbing their nose at us, and they don't even like us. Pretty interesting quote. David Putnam said, movies are powerful. Good or bad, they tinker around inside your brain. They steal up on you in the darkness of the cinema to form or, what's the next word? Conform social attitudes. In short, cinema is propaganda. I couldn't agree more. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Let's go on with some other quotes. Kevin Smith says, I always like to think of it as like, I've got him sitting there. Whip a little message at him. Whip a little moral at him. Whip a little of what my view of the world is. By the way, he's whipping these ideas at the viewer of his films while they are under that altered state, that alpha pattern of subconscious thinking. Then he goes on and says something that's very important to us. That's what every good filmmaker does. And you can't blame them. Every form of art, every film, every song is communicating a message. And so I expect that. And I expect their worldview to come through in the movies. A lot of people spend a lot of time getting upset that Hollywood is communicating a worldview that's not Christian. I expect it. It's not a surprise to me. I said no to it and unplugged myself from it. And so now my family is not influenced by it. And I pray that more of God's people would go that direction because I can tell you, as I'm going to talk about tomorrow afternoon, you won't feel you're missing out afterwards. I'll give you more of my personal testimony later on that. But this quote really floored me. I want every person who is of a young age especially to tune into this quote because I used to teach high schoolers, even in secular schools, I would share this with them. And I had many students, even from a secular standpoint, who value their own mind and individuality and autonomy enough 
to say, I'm really going to question what it is I'm opening my mind to. When they heard this quote, they came to those convictions. The strongest appeal, said MTV founder Robert Pittman, the strongest appeal you can make is emotionally. If you can get their emotions going, make them forget their logic, you've got them. At MTV, we don't shoot for the 14-year-olds, we own them. So the message to whether you're 14 or 15 or 16 or 12 or 19 or 39, it doesn't matter. The message from the media elite is, we own you. And that's the attitude that comes through in the moments of honesty here. And again, I respect the man for being honest and telling us what they are doing to us. But I'll tell you something. We don't have to have them messing with our emotions, causing us to forget our logic, which is that hypnotic trance that we're talking about. The Bible has given us the solution and the freedom from all of this if we will heed the voice of God. Now, this is a wonderful statement that I want to share with you. We've taken a page from Satan's book. It says a top advertising executive. She was very honest. She said, we're taking a page from Satan's book. Find a point of weakness and lust in every man, woman, and child and target that weakness to make them want to buy the product. You see, this whole plot, this whole design of mind manipulation is not just human beings with a cultural agenda, a social agenda. This is the strategy of the enemy. And the only solution, the only antidote, antidote to that is the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. 